Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, movie fans. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. And we're very excited about today's show, folks, because film critics Mac Bates and Nell Minow, two of the finest and most entertaining critics reviewing films today, have agreed to sound off about the hits and misses, or the best and the worst, among movies released this summer. And although Mad Movie Man A.J. Hockery was uh, scheduled to be with us originally, he emailed me his information to share with listeners because I think he's busy working on a uh, play uh, where he has a number of roles, and uh, I think the showbiz bug really bit him. So uh, we're looking forward, though, to hearing from him as soon as his work with Spamalot is over. And like A.J., Mac and Nell have been here before, we're happy to say. Mac writes freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal, Sentinel, and serves as a staff blocker for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. Nell, the famous movie mom, writes film commentary for BeliefNet and has written several books, is currently working on her new book, Must See Movies, Fathers. And uh, other than Spamalot, AJ has contributed film reviews to a number of sites, including Review Express and Real Talk Movie Reviews, and his own blog, CineSlice. Now, before hearing from our guests, let's check with Nikki Starr to see if the chat room is ready for listeners to sign in. Nikki, are all systems go in our chat room? Oh, yes, we're ready to go and excited about the topic. Yeah, I know you are, and um, I'm going to be calling on you uh, to, to hear about a favorite of t- uh, or two of yours uh, of the films released this summer, Nikki. So, uh, so don't go away. I mean, just... Uh, just listen for your cue, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks, Nikki. And thanks to our chatters. We really appreciate them as well as our other listeners. And we also appreciate our guests for taking the time to join us today. So let's bring them on now. Ladies first as usual. Welcome back to Movie Addict Headquarters now. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here and really looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> Me too, and we love having you on our show. Remember the last time you were here, you talked about your new book concerning uh, fathers on film. Uh, before we start, could you tell us how that book is coming along? It's coming along just great. I hope to have it out this fall. This, of course, follows on my 50 must-see movies mothers and my 50 must-see movies weddings. And uh, once fathers is done, I will move on to one about music and musicians. Well, all right. I'm delighted to hear that. I, I really look forward to reading uh, the one about fathers because I was I got so interested in that when you were, were were on talking about it, and I really enjoy your other uh, books so so much. And you know what else I enjoy? I enjoy booking you and Mac on the same show together. <laughs> so here, 
So here he is now. Mac, I understand you're a little worried about coming on Movie Addict Headquarters and not having a special movie moniker like uh, uh, the movie <laughs> mom and the mad movie man. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I, I had actually joked about that on uh, uh, Facebook with uh, some of my friends, and yeah, I was wondering, uh, yeah, when or if I should even try to come up with something. I haven't come up with anything yet, but hopefully, you know, somewhere down the line, something will uh, stick, something catchy. Well, how about um, simply Movie Mac, <laughs> and and then we could just say, you know, Movie Mom, Mad Movie Man, and Movie Mac. That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. That sounds good to me. Well, all right. You heard it now, folks. <laughs> it's Movie Mac. But Movie Moniker or not, you're always welcome here, Mac. And Okay. Oh, Every, thank you. Everyone's, everyone's here, and we can get down to business with this great topic that we've all been waiting to talk about. I, I really am glad, that uh, Mac, that you and Nell are here because, like so many of our listeners, I'm not sure which summer movies that are still playing or coming soon I should spend my money on. And yeah. um, I'm eager to hear your opinion. So my first question is, and this, uh, Nell, why don't you start out with this? What do you think are the three best movies, or could we call them hits, I guess, of this summer, and why? Ooh, that's Well, best movies and hits, of course, are two completely different things, and it's going to be hard to limit it to three but as usual the in the summer you know with all the explosions and superheroes and slob comedies and teen sex comedies there are always a couple of movies that kind of run between the raindrops that are worth mentioning that really qualify as among the best films of the year and i would include among that uh fruitvale station uh is one which i with with really one of the best performances of the year as well with michael b jordan great performances from everybody tremendously affecting it and a remarkably assured first movie uh and then um i'm also going to say that i really loved uh before midnight and you really have to look at that as as an organic whole with the previous two movies really nothing like that has ever been done in the history of movies to tell a story with the same people over such a long period of time and i think it's it's done just Beautifully, and then I think of of the other ones. Uh, I'm going to uh, pick um, uh, Much Ado About Nothing, uh, made uh, in just a couple of weeks in black and white at Joss Whedon's home. You can see his kids' toys all around as they're putting on one of Shakespeare's uh, best love plays, and I thought they just did a spectacular job with it. So those are three smaller movies that I thought were three of the best of the year. Wow, I haven't seen. Any of those, so I'm I'm really glad to get those selections mentioned. Fruitvale Station, Before Midnight, and Much Ado About uh, Nothing. So um, I wonder if Mac has any of those on uh, his top three. Uh, Mac, what what have you picked for for the top three of the summer? Yeah, uh, me and Noah are in complete agreement about Fruitvale Station. I saw that movie, and um, it it was it was uh, one of the best debuts I've ever seen. From a from a young filmmaker, certainly, certainly in a, probably the past decade or so, just brilliant um, uh, use of uh, uh, you know taking a real story and 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 telling it in such a uh, such a way where you you hope for an un unattainable conclusion. You know you know how it's going to end. The the filmmaker uh, Ryan Coogler he he takes the story. You know how it's going to end when you uh, go into the film if you know anything about the story. And even if you don't, they they show exactly how. How it ends uh, uh, in the, at the very beginning of the film, which I thought was a very bold 
move on his part, and and the rest of the story just unfolds in a very natural way, and and it really reminds people that oftentimes, more often than not, a person's last last uh, you know day, last last day of a person's life is often um, much like any other day. And uh, again, Michael B. Jordan, brilliant, brilliant work. Uh, also, great great performances from uh, Melanie Diaz as his girlfriend, and uh, Octavia Spencer as his mother. Um, uh, the other couple of films that I, I really gravitated towards to this summer, were, uh, all of them were actually independent films. First, Fruitville Station. Uh, before that, in May, Francis Ha, this great film uh, from Noah Noah Baumbach, uh, starring uh, Greta Gerwig, who also co-wrote the film with, with Baumbach. Uh, just great, evocative uh, uh, comedy drama about a young woman fighting her way in New York. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, you know, the quintessential New York filmmaker, Woody Allen with uh, his latest Blue Jasmine. I believe it's his 44th film, 44th or 45th film overall. Cape Blanchett, I mean, there are no words to describe that that performance, just breathtaking in every sense. And um, of the supporting cast, the MVP, and that would be, uh, ironically enough, and, and much to everyone's surprise, Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> playing, playing, a, um, playing Sally Hawkins, who plays uh, uh, Cape Blanchett's uh, sister. He, he's her ex he's her ex husband and um he uh, he surprised i think he's going to surprise a lot of people he certainly surprised me if you know anything about him from the 90s uh you know the late 80s early 90s and his comedy heyday yeah you there's nothing that he's done previously that will prepare you for for the uh solid solid and surprisingly effective work he does in that film and of the uh blockbuster films the the only one that really impressed me and i think it has a lot to do with the fact that i've had such a long history with the franchise was fast and furious 6 <laughs> so it, it just keeps getting that that franchise just keeps evolving and keeps getting deeper and more engrossing, you know. And and I've been with it since the beginning. And of of the uh, summer blockbusters, uh, that's the only one that really delivered for me. Wow, it's uh, it's interesting that both of you had uh, Fruitvale uh, Station as um, one of your top three, and uh, uh, the one of the critics that write uh, for my. Uh, movie site, Real Talk Movie Reviews. Love that uh, movie too. Frank Wilkins, I think he gave it five five stars. He was so taken with it. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about about these movies that you mentioned, but I'm trying to m- make a little tally here. Uh, that's really the reason that I asked for three. Remember the trouble that I've had? With, first I started out with ten. We, we would then, and then three, and then when I started to count them up, I got all mixed up, so I decided we'd just go with three, and it would be easier. So so let me make sure that I have yours right before I go to AJ and to mine and to Nikki. Um, okay, now you have Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station, Before Midnight, Much Ado About Nothing, and Mac. You have Fruitvale Station, Francis Hobb, Blue Jasmine, and... Uh, Fast and Furious 6, and uh, that brings us to AJ, who sent in his top three summer picks for the the best of summer, the hits of summer. Monsters University, well, of course, it's AJ, and he would pick something about monsters. Monsters University, Iron Man 3, and White House Down. Um, so there's no, nothing similar there with AJ's picks <laughs> and yours. <laughs> and then, You're wildly different, yes. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Or what, but but wait till you hear mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, just, I I didn't get to the, uh, the theater, the big screen theater, the multiplex. I was searching for that word. I don't know why that 
that went out of my mind, the multiplexes. So I've been looking at a lot of the films that are out before they go, they are released to the theaters. On you know, I've been watching them on uh, VOD, I guess they call it. And we we do have a a fairly big TV screen, and um, there are captions, so that helps me because I do have a, a hearing problem. But these are my these are my take those into, things into consideration uh, when you hear my my pick for the best summer releases and or what I call hits for me. Uh, first of all, uh, please don't hate me for loving The Lone Ranger. <laughs> I have to admit that I'm a sucker for movies with horses or with trains or with Johnny Depp and The Lone Ranger has <laughs> all of those. I mean, just just really <laughs> every every uh time anyone would blink they might miss <laughs> one of those three. And that horse silver captivated me every time he came on screen and then those exciting train sequences really had me on the edge of my seat. Of course, my favorite Johnny Depp redeemed himself with me, at least, for that terrible uh, performance in uh, Dark Shadows. Here he is bizarrely decked out like a new version of Tano. And those facial expressions when watching people do stupid things are absolutely priceless. I haven't had so much fun at the movies since watching Blazing Saddles. My number two film was released um, limited in, in the uh, theaters. But it is on VOD. I think it still is. And it's called The Hot Flashes. And what a treat watching five women suffering from menopausal symptoms when they form a basketball team in order to win money for a good cause. And then they try to beat the young high school girls who are the current champions. Well, that that plot got to me. And the dream cast also did. Brooke Shields, Daryl Hannah, Sykes. Virginia Madsen, and Cameron Mannheim. So this whole movie was just totally irresistible to me. And number three just released, I think, last last week. Again, this is a um, one that I saw, uh, VOD, and it was released on a limited basis into theaters. It's um, The title is Blood. It's really a downer, but, you know, I just fell under its spell from beginning to end. It's not easy to watch, but it's one of the best character studies of how feelings of guilt can destroy someone. It's almost reminded me of uh, Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. But I haven't seen anything this good about that subject on the on screen in a long time. And the acting by everyone is superb, especially by Paul Bettany, Stephen Graham, and Brian Cox, who play members of a British police family involved in a tragic crime. I... I'm thinking this over carefully, but from what I've seen so far this year, Blood is one of the finest films of 2013, and not just of the of the summer. So let's see if Nikki has a, a film that she would like to toss into the hopper. Nick, what did you see this summer and uh, that you liked? Nikki, wait a minute. Let's see if we have been having some technical problems, but. Um, Back and uh, if she has okay. been cut, there she is, Nikki. Yes, all right. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was double muted. <laughs> oh, so what I did saw you? I Monsters University. Oh, you and AJ agree Loved on that one. It. Loved it. 
What did you like about it? Well, I loved everything about it, but I love the that they built up the characters and you got to go back and see how everything started. And there were so many cameos and the way it ended, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but it was so fun. And it was for adults and kids, you know. I mean, I took Jenna. She's 14, but we just loved it. We loved it. Oh, good. Well, I loved the the first one. Monsters Incorporated. I really, I really enjoyed that. But, uh, but it looks like you and um, AJ with Monsters University, and uh, Nell and Mac with Fruitvale Station have picked the two, uh, the winners of the best of the best uh, movie attic headquarters picks <laughs> for summer of 2013. Oh. So it's Monsters University and Yay. it's Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station. And, you know, it's interesting to look at what the box office results were or are so far this summer. I was just uh, checking on that, and it looks like, um, according to IndieWire, and um, maybe they're quoting from a variety of here are the films. Uh-oh. Oh, Matt. she went out. Yep. Ah. All right. She'll, she'll be uh, calling back. I'll stay on with you, too, but yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna say a word against Monsters Thank University. Okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, I love Pixar. I loved the original Monsters, Inc. I thought it was absolutely great. I was a little disappointed by Monsters University. I thought it had a lot of visual imagination, um, and there were, you know, some wonderful new characters that I enjoyed very much. But I really thought the ending sent a bad message to kids as, let me just do a spoiler alert here and say, especially since Betty Jo's not on, the, on, on with us right now, and say that I think the idea of having the two main characters expelled with no real consequence for their lives, I think, sends a bad message to kids. I'd like kids to get the message that being in school and staying in school is a, is a good thing. And and so that was a, a disappointment to me. And I felt that, that it sagged. And, and with regard to Lone Ranger, you know, there's an app. Um, called uh, GoPee.com, which tells you when in a particular movie is it, you, you can just go to the bathroom and not miss anything. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, what I would say about Lone Ranger is that about after that first chain train chase, um, you could go home and go to the bathroom, turn on, go back to the theater, and you'd get there in time <laughs> for the second train chase, and you would be just <laughs> fine. Maybe that's why I was a happy camper. Oh, that is so <laughs> I could, funny. I, I didn't miss any – I didn't want to miss any of the trains. Well, um, Monsters University – did make it to the, um, of course, to the box office uh, winners in you know, this summer, but uh, the Lone Ranger, of course, uh, did not. But uh, World War Z uh, was also uh, a box office winner. Pacific Rim and Max, Fast and Furious Six. Believe it or not, The Great Gatsby, The Heat. Um, now you see me, The Conjuring, The Purge, and among the indie films that made it, Mud, Blue Jasmine. There you go, Mac. The uh, The Place Beyond the Pines and Fruitvale uh, Station. So that's interesting. That uh, some of our, some of the movies that we have suggested at least made it to the uh, made it to the top. Well, um, shall we now move? No, I think it's time, because I see Steve Mendoza in the chat room. I think it's time for a word, just a very brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. 
She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie addict. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Addict Headquarters. And now back to our feature. <laughs> That's, that is the very funny Steve Mendoza who has a um, very clever comedy and cooking show on Blog Talk Radio. And um, if you will, uh, go to the uh, search section on Blog Talk Radio and put in the Steve Mendoza Show, and that's M-E-N-D-O-Z-A. You can listen to the archives, and you'll you'll really enjoy his, his shows. Um, thanks a lot, Steve, and thank you for being in the chat. I also see that Kat Vecchioni... From um, Wacko World is in the is in the chat, so we want to welcome her. Uh, Nikki is carrying on in the chat room now with uh, uh, arguing with you again about, uh, about uh, <laughs> monsters. <laughs> so. Well, I also want to I also want to agree with Mac about uh, Fast and Furious. It's remarkable that a franchise like that just keeps getting better. And I enjoyed this one so much, and I enjoyed the last one so much, and uh, I look forward to number seven. Yeah, next summer I'm looking forward to it, too. I already got the calendar uh, marked for it. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to get back into the Fast and Furious uh, mood. I did did enjoy the first one, and then I think I I just got uh, a little bit away from it. But if it's getting better and better, then that's a very, very good sign. Well, why don't we turn now to the... Going to what we think are the three worst movies or the misses of this summer and tell. Well, did she get dropped again? Yeah, she's fading in and out, but uh, I will go ahead with my three words. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think we're all going to be in agreement on this. Even fans of The Lone Ranger will be in agreement that After Earth was a train wreck and not in a good way. Yes. <laughs> it, it was it was positively catastrophic, and there are so very many things wrong with that movie, but I'm just going to mention one, which is that in the movie, which is set in the future, which means, of course, a lot of cool technology and that sort of hologram communications devices and spacesuits that change color, there are these monsters that humans have to fight, and they're blind, which is stupid, and they can smell fear, but they can't smell you if you were afraid a minute ago, but not afraid now, which is even stupider. But the stupidest part of all is that with all of this great technology 1,500 years from now, the technology we use to fight these monsters is a spear. So we're basically using Bronze, bronze Age technology. You know, you want that Indiana Jones moment where you get them with the vaporizer gun, and you could think that with 1,500 years they would have time to invent something that would be more effective than a spear with these things. But all right, fine. That was just a terrible, terrible movie. It was a terrible, uh, you know, I think Jaden Smith is just fine. It was a horrible thing to do to that poor child, and it just was just an awful, awful movie. Um, I have to say also, I did not like the internship. Uh, I'm kind of allergic to, because I have two X chromosomes, I'm kind of allergic to those Arrested Development, when is that guy going to grow up movies? And i got to tell you that Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are way too old to do that anymore. It's getting creepy. And I also don't like it when there's a comedy and the girl's only role in the comedy is to say, why won't you grow up? And that was Rose Byrne, the tremendously talented, wonderful Rose Byrne, had nothing to do in that movie. So that was that was terrible. 
And then I'm just going to say that for me, as a great, great lover of animation, this was a very disappointing year so far for animation. And I'm going to mention Monsters University, Turbo, Epic, and Planes, all of which were okay, but just not what we, we hope for in, in a world where we've seen movies like uh, Toy Story 3. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't really disagree with any uh, of uh, Nels' picks on that one. Uh, particularly planes. Planes. Um, I, I know a critic for the uh, Chicago Tribune, Michael Phillips. He wrote this scathingly funny uh, just takedown of the film, where he uh, it was basically um, um, he formed it in the in the uh, he he wrote it in the form of a pitch. Like, let's go into Disney and pitch this the sequel to Cars, but instead of Cars, we're going to use planes, but we're going to have some cars from Cars. Make appearances in planes. It was. You have to read it. It's, it's it's hysterical the way he the way he just took the film down. Well, you know, the film was originally intended to be straight to DVD, and if they yeah. kept it that way, we would all be going, "What a nice DVD!" Exactly. Yeah, but they kept putting it on the big screen and yeah, trying yeah. to sell it as something that that you know was big. And what was the deal with the, mistake. Yeah, what was the deal with the flashback to World War II? That's a lot to put on kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they wouldn't even get the reference. That's the yeah. thing. They're, they're adults who wouldn't get the reference. Much yeah. Less, you know, okay, yeah. Really I, get I'm reference. sorry to say you're right on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I back. Did, I, I'm back. Oh, <laughs> I'm great, back. great. Well, we're doing just fine. <laughs> oh, you are. I was listening, and I, I'm just enjoying it so much. So so we have After Earth and, and Planes as, as two of the worst of your picks. Nell, did, did, I, um, did you mention another one? I, I mentioned just animation generally was very disappointing, and I mentioned the internship. Oh, okay. The yeah, yeah. Then I piggybacked on uh, her uh, animation, uh, you know, disappointment was my disappointment in planes, just because it's yeah, it was supposed to go straight to uh, DVD, and they decided to put it on the big screen for reasons that are still mystifying. Uh, I totally agree with her about After Earth that uh, Will Smith, Jaden Smith, I don't know what they were thinking. Film with a uh, M Night Shyamalan, it was just, it was just a mess from the top to bottom, and you can't put somebody as charismatic as Will Smith. In the film, and then him him in to the point where he's doing absolutely nothing. Oh, you know, yeah. he, he's he's just he's just such a magnetic uh, personality and such a uh, you know dynamic actor. And I think a lot of people have been surprised by uh, his growth as an actor over the years. But he keeps making just wrong-headed decisions when it comes to these. It's kind of like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise when he finally gets over this kind of like you know a fanboy sci-fi uh, kick that he's on. And gets back to you know the basics and you know starts doing stripped down films like Magnolia and Jerry Maguire and Born on the Fourth of July like he did in, in Rain Man like he did in his um, you know uh, uh, the 80s and, and 90s. I think I think people finally start to really appreciate him again as an actor because he's just making all of these action films and quite frankly he's getting a little long in the tooth for that sort of thing. And uh, another film that I wasn't particularly enamored with this uh, summer was Grown Ups too, and that's also oh. piggybacking on Nell's. Um, uh, takedown of a uh, Arrested Development Fair. You know, it's like that movie was clearly made just to make money. There was no reason for Grown Ups two to even exist. There was no real reason for Grown Ups one to exist. <laughs> so clearly everybody <laughs> showed back up. Clearly everybody showed up back for the party. You know, for a, a fat paycheck. And you know, what 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 other reason really was there to make that film in the first place? Because the first, the, you know, the first one was nothing to write home about. The second one really. There's nothing to write home about. So those those were Max, mine. Max, do you want to do you want to just mention, in case people think that you're being hyperbolic, what happens in the very first minute of the movie? Oh, which one? Of Grown Ups Two. Oh, oh God. 
Oh man. Um well you know the the part that really stood up for me, more so than even that necessarily, was uh uh just uh, there was a scene where they all go uh skinny dipping and nobody wants to see that. That's just my that was just my own <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Nobody well, it's a wants qualified to see, the horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Nobody so. wants to see that. So yeah, that, that was that was when I was like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have we have votes for After Earth there. Uh, both both agree on that, and and I think you you won't be surprised then that AJ, uh, the Mad Movie Man, uh, his three picks for the worst summer movies are After Earth and um, Man of Steel. And I'll have to argue. I wish he he would be here to argue with me about this. But but you've been doing a pretty good job on this, Nell. The Lone Ranger. So uh, <laughs> so uh, my my uh, picks for the worst uh, movies of of this summer. Uh, the top three. Number one, Elysium. This is a perfect example of the road to you know where being paved with good intentions. <laughs> I know that it meant well by showing how bad things can become in the future if the gap between haves and have-nots keep widening. But then, oh my gosh, the movie goes overboard with too many loud, jerky, repetitive action sequences. And I, Matt Damon, well, this was a role more like you would expect Jason Statham to be be seen in. It that didn't help matters either. And I can't remember when I've uh, fidgeted so much uh, all the while during during a movie. So that would be my first uh, in the top three. And then the second would be uh, The Conjuring. I'm surprised that uh, AJ didn't put this on his. Uh, top uh, three because of best movies because he likes horror so much and it's been getting such wonderful reviews but I thought that it was the worst exorcism scene ever it was it just looked so fakey it couldn't hold a candle to the one in the last exorcism with the great Ashley Bell when she actually did contort her body into all of those weird uh, positions, and it looked like a real exorcism was uh, taking place. And then uh, my number three is uh, Grown Ups 2, Mac, and I haven't even seen this one, but um, you persuaded me. <laughs> Not to see it, yes. I hope we, hopefully we says don't see it. <laughs> and it belongs it belongs at the bottom of the at the bottom of the barrel so uh so we have uh, i guess some some agreement on grown ups and on uh, and on after earth but then a lot of other different ideas about what uh, what would be the worst uh, movies of uh, of the summer of 2013 by the way the box office is up since last year for the summer and um that's kind of a surprise to me and the demand for uh 3D uh, glasses and 3D presentations has gone down from last summer, which I thought that was kind of that was kind of interesting. But um, I would like to also welcome into the chat uh, Richard, Richard B. Smart. Am I still on? Can can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Richard B. Smart from um, uh, Echo Bob. And, uh, of course, we before have mentioned that Steve Mendoza is here, Kat Vecchioni, and it must be Bob 
Bob from the Wacko Bob Network. So we're very glad that uh, that all of you are there in the chat room. We really appreciate your your contributions. And uh, Kat Vecchioni, though, has said that she's crippled but present. Uh, she had a, a birthday a couple of days ago and and had a fall. So Kat, I hope you're feeling you're feeling. I think that we should talk a little bit about the performances in the movies. We've we've talked some about it uh, when we were giving our um, opinions on the on the best uh, movies of the summer. But Nell, who do you think uh, gave the best performances in uh, films so far uh, this summer? Well, we we did talk about uh, the two that I put at the top, which are Kate uh, Blanchett in Blue Jasmine and Michael B. Jordan in Fruitvale Station, but let me mention another movie uh, way, way back. Uh, beautiful performances. I, if there's an ensemble award, I would give it to that movie because uh, I'd say way, way back and Spectacular Now. Both had fabulous performances by everybody. It's, it takes a little bit of chutzpah to uh, cast Steve Carell as the bad guy and Sam Rockwell, who's been such a good bad guy so, so often, uh, as the good guy, but I thought that worked very, very well in the way, way back. And everybody, Tony Collette, Allison Janney, and the kids were all just marvelous in that film. And then and Shalane what's the Woodley. And that film again? The Way, Way Back. And then Shalane the way, Woodley way. and Miles Teller and Brie Larson and Bob Odenkirk and Kyle Chandler and Jennifer Jason Lee were all just magnificent and spectacular now. So those were uh, wonderful performances. Well, that, definitely that film is worth seeing. Uh, what about you, Mac? Uh, who would you pick as the uh, actors or actresses with the uh, best performances this summer? Oh, well, yeah. I'm in uh, definite agreement with Nell about uh, Kate Blanchett, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, Blue Jasmine. Also, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, who I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. Really, the entire ensemble, but those two were particular standouts for me. Um, I also am in agreement with her about Michael B. Jordan and uh, Fruitvale Station. I think that's a star-making performance. I also think that um, Melanie Diaz is his girlfriend and Octavia Spencer is his mother were both uh, superb in that film as well. I also, uh, again, I mentioned her earlier, loved Greta Gerwig in Frances Ha. I think, I've said it once and I'll, I'll say it again, I think that she is the sort of actor who is seemingly incapable of being boring on screen. Everything that she's in, she even if the film itself doesn't live up to what she's doing, she elevates whatever uh, she's in. So I can't speak highly enough about her work in that film. And she also co-wrote the film with um, the film's uh, director, uh, Noah Baumbach. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, the trio from The Kings of Summer, Gabriel Basso, who some people might recall played Laura Linney's son in The Big C, uh, Nick Robinson and Moses Arias. It's three boys who, uh, in the ultimate act of defiance, uh, build a cabin out in the woods, a house, you know, a fortress of their own, and... Uh, run away from home, and I, it's it's one of those films that when, just when you thought that the coming of age movie ha- had pretty much ran out of gas, this film comes along, takes uh, the crowd of Sundance by storm, and 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 kind of reinvigorates that uh, that uh, tried and true formula of the uh, coming of age um, uh, film. So, Matt, can I can I just completely endorse everything you said? It was very hard for me to narrow down my list of top films of the summer, and I could easily have substituted Kings of Summer for any of the three I mentioned. It was absolutely one of my favorite films of the year, and the performances are stunning, and that includes the adults, Nick Offerman, yep. Megan Mullally, uh, Alison Brie, everybody, everybody in that was flawless. I love that movie. 
Yeah, it is. It's a great film, and hopefully more people will get a chance to see it uh, once it comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. That's that's the hope, and hopefully it will find a bigger audience when it uh, when it's available uh, in that format. Well, I am so glad that both of you mentioned Kate Blanchett. Now, I haven't seen Blue Jasmine yet, but Kate Blanchett is one of my favorite actresses, and um, I, she really wasn't doing so much last year, unless I, I missed out on something that she did. So it's always well, interestingly, a treat. Betty Jo, Go she ahead. was in the theater last year. She was performing in Streetcar Named Desire, which yes. is very much the inspiration oh. for the role she plays in this film. And one of the great pleasures of seeing her perform in this film is the way that that character uh, is something she conti- is continuing to explore. Because just like in Streetcar Named Desire, she plays a woman who's down on her luck who comes to visit with to stay with her sister, who's got kind of a lunkhead, uh, uh, glandular case for a, for a male in her life, and so there are a lot of a lot of resonances, a lot of similarities with that play. And uh, you know, you clearly the the weeks that she spent exploring that role on stage uh, informed her performance in a in a really really stunning way. And the great thing about her work in that film is for people who didn't get a chance to see her triumph. And right. uh, from all accounts, her, tri- her triumph on the industry card name desire was very well documented by a lot of theater critics. You can almost vicariously, you know, see, you know, that that in that performance. Like, okay, I couldn't see her as Blanche, but I could see her as Jasmine, and kind of get an idea of what she did as Blanche on stage. So that's that's the great one of the great joys, one of the many great joys of that film. Oh, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait to see that. And um, now you're going to think that I'm uh, kidding here, but seriously. I'm picking Silver from The Lone Ranger. <laughs> because that horse was just absolutely remarkable. I mean, all that, that horse had to do, I mean, turn turn his head, run atop a train. Um, you know what? I just, think that was more the performance of the trainer and the editor than the horse, but okay. A performing horse. Yeah, you're right. Of course, you're right. And there were, uh, there was a, a horse named named Silver. Well, I think she's out again. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid you you're did? right. See that film over and over again oh, for okay. to see to see that uh, that that horse. I just I just loved love it. But of course, I am you know really a sucker for films with with horses in key roles. But uh, in all seriousness, Paul Bettany in Blood wins my vote for the number number one best performance of the summer. If if you haven't seen that, now it is he just lives and breathes this role of a of a police detective who just can't stop feeling guilty and and he should feel guilty but it's just eating him alive and you can see it with every breath he takes with everything he says with every movement that he makes and and you just you know you're just there with him and and do do something and and you don't know whether whether you want him to get better or whether you want him to suffer even more it's just a marvelous marvelous uh, performance and um, i hope that he's he is recognized come uh, come the award session uh, season i mean now uh, have either one of you seen blood yet no mac no, no. Well, put that put that on your put put that on your list because it's it's not uh, not to be missed. Well, I cannot believe that 
our time is almost up. I'm Mac and Nell. You are such fun to talk with. You are so knowledgeable and so entertaining. I just um, am always so happy when either one of you can come on the show. And when you're when you're together, it's definitely a piece of cake. And I'm sorry we didn't get to the worst performances of the year, but I will say uh, I will throw mine in, and I think it's everyone in Elysium. And um, oh, they I, just, <laughs> I really do. I think I mean that they were either overacting or underacting in that. Except for Jodie Foster, I agree with you on Jodie Foster. Agree that she was that she was not. She was, that was not a good performance from Jodie Foster, but I did love that movie, and I and I like Matt Damon, and and I love and, uh, and I loved uh, Diego Luna in it. I thought he was wonderful. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. Yes, I, I, had, I had to check that one out still. He was the least. He was the least offensive to me <laughs> in, in that in that movie. <laughs> well, I do see that our time is almost up. So I want to thank uh, Nell and Mac for making the time fly by and for being such terrific guests again. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for selecting today's episode as one of their staff picks which will show up on on the site on Friday. And, of course, special thanks to Nikki Starr for all her help, to AJ for sending in his selections, and to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time when our guest will be, and I'm so excited about this, the legendary jazz diva Rita Graham, who stars in the eagerly awaited independent film called We Are Kings. It should be a great show. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our movie reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. Let's go out with this special rendition of Hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> 